You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Unique New York. I was testing, I was doing vocal exercises, said talk. I see. Is that what that is? Yeah, inspired by Anchorman. You know? I know. Unique New York. Yeah, that's not all he says. He let's, says not, let's not go into it. He says to Veronica Corningstone, you're a smelly pirate hooker. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that movie. Many times. A lot of times, yeah. I Enough. actually need to see it again. Mm-hmm. Even though I've seen it about a hundred times. Yeah, but that kind of movie, you've seen it so many times, as soon as it starts, you're like, ah. Yeah, it's the same as Airplane is exactly the same. Really? Yeah, I love Airplane. This is not the before the after the show discussion. This is brand new. He just now started talking about this, so it just came out of nowhere. Just so everyone knows, this is not the before or a continuation of any kind. You just brought it up. True. Airplane has the best jokes in the world. It doesn't, but okay. It does. Um, I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. That's one of my favorite lines from Airplane. So, um, what is that? A, is what you're arguing is the movie with the best jokes ever. <laughs> it, it does have the best jokes ever. It doesn't. It is, that's subjective. It is. It's not accurate. <laughs> like, like at least twice every minute, I will laugh at that movie. There's so many jokes, but Why also did, probably not. I bet a new generation would be like, huh? This isn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> you have to know that. That's probably true. But some of them are, uh, some of the jokes in that are so stupid that they always be funny. Some, yeah. Yeah, because it, well, I, that's why I like Anchorman, obviously, because I watched Airplane and then Anchorman's pretty much the same kind of humor. It's just stupid. Highbrow. Yeah. High, upper crust kind of comedy there. Upper crust, clever, intellectual, <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> right. There we go. What's the before the after the show discussion? There's a lot of things. Airplane. A lot of things were going on. You were we're talking, talking about, about this, this movie. We yeah. were looking at the real life facts of the movie. Yep. I'm looking at seed packets on my desk because I bought some more today. True. Which everybody I'm sure is interested in. <laughs> so let's get into the uh, podcast. This is Saturday, March the 14th. This is after the show 625. We're a movie review podcast. We look at a movie every week. This week, we're looking at the movie Bombshell. It's a 2019 movie. Releases on Blu-ray. Oh, it's already released. March the 10th. You can pick this up now. It's rated R. Our friends at Lionsgate sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk, what we do at this point in the show, dear listener. Mm. If you're new to the show, first time listener, never time caller. She will tell you what this movie's about. And then when she's finished, I will tell no, you. No, what you want, what you're trying to say is, do you want me to give you a synopsis, right? Which is what's on the back of the box. My synopsis is charmingly unlike any synopsis on any box. And True. then you read the real synopsis, synopsi, multiples, I don't know. 
I went to college, but that one always flew through me. Synopsis. Um, you mm. will show to the people just how much I think the synopsises on the backs of boxes are bullshit. True. <laughs> because this movie is a fictional telling that surrounds a true event that's basically saying, don't be a fucking sleaze bag. That's it. Can we put that on the back of the yes, box? Yes, see, that's what I'm saying. That's the reality. I'll tell you what it does say on the back of the box. Okay, it words, says, actual words. Academy Award winner, winners, Charlize Theron and Nicole Kidman, and Academy Award nominee, Margot Robbie and John Lithgow, deliver tour de force performances in this provocative real story of three whip-smart, ambitious, strong women who anchored one of America's most powerful news networks and risked everything to stand up to the man who made them famous. I'm looking up Whip Smart. Why, that do you sounds think? really dis... Like, um... Okay. It? it means very quick-witted and intelligent, but why use Whip Start? Why not say they're Because, you know, like a crack of a whip's really fast. They're very fast. They're quick. Why don't they just say they're highly intelligent women? Because yeah. they have to have a, a quippy little phrase. Mm. You know? Yeah, back of the box. Bullshit. All you have to do is just say what I said. Don't be a sleazebag. That's what this movie's about. Also says three Academy Award nominations, including Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. I don't believe it won any of those. I don't rem- remember if it did. It didn't. Mm. Um, well, there you go. But well done for uh, being nominated. All right, so the um, bombshell. Go on, tell us your quick thought. Well, not quick. You can... You can be in depth if you like. Well, I am uh, whip smart, so oh. it's going to be quick and intelligent. <laughs> All right. Tell us your whip smart thought. I enjoyed it. It was very entertaining. Um, I understand that it's a real event with a lot of with actual information you can look up. What's the I'm, I'm, true truth and what's the fictional truth and what's the hyperbolic version from... Any of the different angles, I do not know because I was not there. But this represents it in a way that, to me, boils down to, I don't care who you are, in a professional place or any place, don't be a fucking sleazebag. It's really simple. That's what I get from this movie. Don't go around telling women how great they look constantly. If you're a woman, don't go around telling guys, oh my god, you're looking so hot today. And they're sitting across from you in a meeting where actually the content of what they're about to say is what matters and not their appearance. Like, don't be sleazy. It's very simple. And so I love that that's what I got out of this. I also realize it's touching on real people's experiences, like, you know, fictionally touching on them. And then you have to think about all the people in all of the world who have to deal with all kinds of, and the guy in the movie says, you know, it's not bullying or whatever, and bullying isn't mean, it's just the guy, the rich guy hitting the poor guy or whatever, knocking him back or whatever. And that's kind of what it is. It's the person in power knocking back the person without power, exploiting that relationship to get something to gain for themselves. Like, it's if, it's sleazy. It's and disgusting. And um, and we haven't explained it yet, even though we've read the synopsis and you've done your synopsis, this is based on the real-life Roger Ailes Fox News case. Mm-hmm. So if you're not familiar with that, it's a sexual harassment case, but a very big, um, what would you call it? Well, yeah, it's the, like... Like, it's very public, because... Sure. You know, 
because the ladies who came forward were huge anchors. Still are, I'm guessing, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm, so. I don't follow, like... I don't either, but if you start reading a bit, you'll find things have changed, right. we'll say, in everyone's so, lives. So it is based on that real-life thing, but it, it does. this movie does make it very clear with a black screen at the beginning with some writing on it that this is based on a real thing, but there's a lot of fictionalized... Yeah. It actually says it up front. I don't yeah, think they you have, have to say to, You have to be very mindful of that because we're not. it's not a documentary. You know, if you want to watch a documentary about a subject or research it, you're going to have to find another resource. Not Hollywood. Not a writer and director and producer and performers who do have a message. They have their own take. It will never be unbiased, ever. Even a documentary on some level is not unbiased, but at least it's documentary. You know what I mean? It's in front of your face, real people doing real things. True. Um, hopefully. Hopefully that's what you're getting from a genuine documentary. But... You just have to pick apart that the truth is people exploit other people. And it's not for any reason except for their own ambition, personal satisfaction, gratification, sexual gratification, personal sense or need of some kind of like power over others. Some people are freaking weird, right? They're control freaks. They want to rule the world and the way their brain works translates into, Ooh, I've got a little bit of perceived authority. You're lower. I'm doing quotation marks than me. Therefore I can exploit you for my own gain, whatever it is. If it's internal, personal, monetary, or, or sexual gratification of any kind from anybody, any sex or any gender of any kind, that yeah. is what I felt like just so, trickled out. So just quickly explain what, not the plot of the movie, but what the real life... You, you can explain. What, the, what happened? Me? Well... Well, I mean... One of the anchors from one of the shows on Fox sued the guy who runs Fox, not the guy who owns it, for sexual harassment. Like, him directly. And then, of course, the idea was... No one's backing her up. No one can back up her story. It's her word against his. They're going to crush her, right? In real life, you think, oh, God... <laughs> yeah, you never just... know what your what your opinion of the person is. Does this person want money? Is this person genuine? Are they going to get like disappear? What's the deal? And then what happened was some women at Fox, including Megan Kelly, said this actually happened to me and this is real. And then because of all that, trickled across and up that little ladder. And of course, the Rupert's uh, Rupert Murdoch family was like, okay, you're out. Because this is too hot for us to handle kind of deal. That's what it seems like to me anyway. That's my a synopsis once again of the situation. Yeah. And I like that there was different angles. Like, because you know, people have been sexually harassed ladies in this thing. But then, like, some of them didn't say anything because they just wanted the job, right? Sure. Which, you know, you could say, well, that's wrong. They should have said something. But, like, she explains it quite well, doesn't she? Yeah, I don't... Uh, just to be clear, I don't judge anyone in the situation except the person exploiting other people for their own gratification. Now, that person could be anybody. So, in this case, it's that guy. Roger. But, yeah, Roger. Um, so, I don't judge... And to some degree, once that person's attacked or, like, someone's accusing them for what they've done for real, 
and then their reactions after that, I also don't judge for that because I realize now you're backed in a corner. You've made really shitty, horrible decisions, and now you have to do something. Like, he had to do something to defend himself. I don't judge that either. It is, you, now the cards will fall where they may, right? Whatever happens, happens. But I would not judge someone for either... I don't, I don't know how to phrase it, but if someone says to you, you have to have sex with me, or you're losing your job, and that person then says, okay, I'll have sex with you, I don't want to lose my job, I will not judge them. Because I don't know what their life is. I would not have any, I have zero judgment. And I also wouldn't judge them for saying no, and telling everyone, and trying to get attention drawn to it. The person I would judge is the person who lies, The person who's really shitty at their job, they don't get a raise. No one ever offered to give them a raise for anything in exchange, but they're bitter and hateful, so they make up a lie and then say, this person sexually harassed me. That person I'll judge, because that's bullshit, too. You know, there's two sides, but I don't think in in this situation that panned out in any of them. But this movie just gets you thinking a lot. It's very glossy. It's pretty, it's not stylized necessarily. I don't think, it, I don't think personally, it was, I, I didn't like some of the style of it and mm. I didn't think it was edited great. There was some, it had a little weirdness. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and I also, the movie starts off with this style where um, Megan Kelly, Shirley's Theron's character is like walking and talking to the audience to explain everything. But that goes away. And then some people, uh, Nicole Kidman at one point looks at the audience, like breaks the fourth wall. But that isn't like a thing. Like it is a thing and then it's not a thing. Yeah, exactly. It came and went. That was a little bit weird. Yeah, when she did that, she looked at the camera when somebody said, I was like, oh, it's one, it's, that reminds me of The Office. I hate that. It's like overused. (laughs) You love The Office. But it's overused now. I don't like it. And I'm like, oh, this movie's going to do, but then it never did it again. I was like, true. Does this movie know what it is? It was like a little it, bit, yeah. Yeah, so its style is kind of oddly all over the place. Like, sometimes it's trying to be real cool, and sometimes it's trying to be... And sometimes it just feels like you're watching just, I don't know, like yeah, a soap just opera a straight in an up, office. A little bit, yeah, it's glossy. Mm. But I still like it. I like the way it looks. I like the way it's um, presented. But yeah, I got a little bit unclear about the timeline at times. Yeah, and it does flash up like... Um, Time and dates and stuff on the mm-hmm. screen. A lot. And people. And people's names. And because I'm not familiar with the world, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people who do watch Fox News go, oh, there's that guy and there's that guy and there's that woman. I'm going to make a prediction and I'm possibly very wrong, but I doubt if a lot of people who watch Fox News religiously would have watched this movie. Oh, true, because it's, <laughs> it's pretty much, it's yeah. destroyed. It's just one of those things like you, you, want, you know, I can't imagine, I don't know that for a fact. I'm probably wrong, but I'm not saying I'm saying the majority of people are I'm, not. I'm a Fox terrible News Fox News viewer because the only person I um, recognized was Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> and that was because I've seen him on some reality show, I think. Uh, it was The Apprentice. The Apprentice. With our lovely president. And it was, and it was like a really phony looking, like, kind of, like... It you, was. You All know, the you know when you pick up the phone and you hire the look-alike guy to come i think that's who he was yeah i think it was and it, i was like oh that's a bit crappy looking sadly but, it was yeah but I, I mean i recognized who it was without well, they said geraldo rivera no i knew before like, oh right before it even came up I went, yeah i know who that guy is but um i'm a terrible fox news person because i don't even know who megan kelly is to be honest which is terrible because she's super famous right and I, she's not super famous you're only famous amongst the people 
to whom you're famous too. If that makes circle that around. And I certainly didn't know who the Nicole Kidman character was. Mm -mm. Even when I looked at the real person, I was like, I can honestly say, I don't think I've ever seen her before. Um, there are some fictional characters in it. Margot Robbie's character does not exist within this investigation. and She doesn't exist. No. She is She's a, a combination sort of representing multiple. Because in the end, in the real life case, like 23 different women came forward to say this was their experience with this Roger guy. And so I think she's possibly an accumulation So because you, you couldn't have had... They tried to represent the multiple women because they would go to a person and have a really quick question and that look in their eye of like, oh, I can tell somebody now. And then they'd go to another one and another one and another one. But we didn't have 23. So I think she was just... They did a thing with the pictures of the women. Now, here's a thing I was unclear on. When they showed the pictures of the women and they read the statement, like that they said, oh, one of them said like, you know, he made me do this, or, you know. Mm-hmm. I think those were, were those the, real, the women. real ladies, or were those actresses? I think those were real. Right, okay. Because I couldn't tell. Like, I was like, are those. Yeah, at some point in the movie, they're having a voice and a, just a photograph of a woman, and it's like testimony yeah. kind of quote. And I think it's the real voice of the real person in the real picture. Right. That was the thing I was like, okay, so this movie doesn't really operate in that field. It doesn't. The only person it really shows the real is Donald Trump for some reason. No, all the footage had the real people in them, even the ones we saw that were Oh, fake. did it? I was yeah. looking and I thought, no, that's Charlize, right? No. Um, yeah, that's her and some of those, but not all of them. Like right. the guy, Roger, in the clips and all the pictures, that's not the actor. That's the real guy. Right, okay. So that's what I'm saying about this being a bit of a, a hodgepodgey yeah. type kind of messes like, with you. Like it has one rule and then it has another rule. Like it's... Um, but the, to me, if I had anything about it, the editing seemed a bit like choppy. Like it, sometimes it felt like there were scenes that were just like, I was like, what, what's that scene like there for? Like it, it didn't do anything for me. Like it, mm. and then it skips to something else. And when it does get into the nitty gritty of the women coming forward, it almost rushes it all. Like it goes really fast. I agree. I felt that too. Whereas the beginning of the movie where it's just building up to it. It's presumptive. It, like they think everyone knows all the stuff, yeah. I think, is what's going That's on. It. And so they just let you fill in the gaps with what you... Uh, obviously, everyone knows the whole thing, but not everybody does. But I... um, Like, as far as it being up for the actor... The act, well, we'll get into the actors. But the story itself is interesting. And groundbreaking and important, right? The actual real life story. I don't know. I don't know the actual impact. I mean, it's a big story and it was right around the election. And of course, that guy went to work for Donald Trump. And, you know, so it's sensationalized. I don't know how pivotal it is or what changes have been made. That's what I think. This feels like if I watched a documentary about this with the real people, I feel like that would be way more interesting than this movie. Mm -hmm. Because... That would be, like you say, a docu- it, this is the facts. These, these are the things that happen. These are the things we've got. These I mean, are you can look real- all that up. Yeah, well, I feel like, yeah, but you could also piece together your own documentary by just sure. going through and looking at different things. Because these people have obviously been interviewed. But watching this, because of that card at the beginning that told me specifically that there's a, bu- a bunch of fiction here, and me not knowing the story very well anyway... 
I was kind of on guard all the time going, mm, is, is that real? Is it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I kept thinking, so they do this like, you know, the most explicit scene, I guess, with the sexual harassment with Margot Robbie's character who was in the, you know, and he's making her do the thing. And I was like, okay, is this just a sensationalisty bit? Or is this a thing? Well, you already knew that character didn't exist. And then I was like, oh, Margot Robbie doesn't exist. So is this just like a thing that somebody else said? And it's hard to kind of get on board with it. Yeah. Did someone just claim that this is what he made them do? And now we're putting it in the movie because it makes a good movie. Because it makes you go, ooh. Yeah, exactly. Or is it genuinely like a for real thing that was in a court document? I don't know. Yeah. So that's where I watched the movie going, like, I, I, you know, obviously the guy got... He didn't get convicted or anything. No, he? no. He just got fired. He got sued and he got fired. Well, right. forced resignation. He didn't do anything against anybody's will, I guess. Is that right? I don't Is know. That... I don't know all the details. But I mean, you would have to go to jail if you raped one of these women. But well, he... rape wasn't the charge. Right. So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, but you could say, if you say to one of the... Well, they, they make the decision. So if you say, like, you lose your job if you don't blow me, which is what he was basically saying. And they say... And they do it. They made the decision. Right? Well, it, it is. I don't know. You'd have to look up the it's law. It's really in weird. Every place. The law, isn't it? There in that when you think about that. I because, mean, that's exploitation. So yeah. that's illegal in many ways and forms. But I don't know what the what it is. And then how do you prove it? Yeah. Exactly. How do you prove that what was in her mind and what was in his mind? Yeah. You know, there's every there's always two sides. And yes, in that moment, there could be a dude who's the boss attracted to the woman. He says. They flirt, she's totally into him, she really digs him, and in that moment, they have a thing. And then, two days later, something at work makes her pissed off, and she doesn't like that, and then she says she didn't want to, but she felt it. I'm not saying that's how any of these women are, I'm saying that's a total reality. That's why it's difficult to... You can't prove what's in someone's mind. You can't prove that he was only doing it, because he might really like this woman. And now he's in a really terrible position, because she's really good at her job. And I really dig her, and we had sex, and she deserves the raise. <laughs> she deserves the promotion, but now I've had sex with her, I'm going to look like an asshole, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's in a bad position here. And he did say at one point, like, his out, when he was trying to protect himself, was, well, I'm rich and powerful, and these people are always trying to take me down, like, so... Yes, that's always <laughs> there, that's even, I even saw Bill O'Reilly say, people in our position are always targets. Yeah. It's a terrible situation. Yeah, like, because, you know, they're just going to I'm not arguing up. with that on some level, but my God, you sound like a whiny little baby. Like a baby. Yeah. I'm rich and nobody likes me. So everybody's portrayed <laughs> here in this organization. They, they kind of, sh- all of them, like the Bill, O'Re- Bill O'Reilly was also part of this. Mm-hmm. In fact, well, I, I he heard... Was, he was, after the fact, he was also... Fired I heard more about him at the time than I did about Ailes mm. during the, you know, just like when you see headlines. I remember seeing Bill O'Reilly headlines more than I did Ailes. That's probably because Bill O'Reilly is somebody people really know, right? They see him all the time, on the, and Ailes is a person in an office who people don't see all the time, right? Well, I mean, I think it's, again, it's down to your position. That's like saying, you know... Paul Thomas Anderson is he's a famous director, right? But I mean, if Most you ask a thousand people exactly. Yeah. So it's all a matter of like how close you are but to But his that wife, world. everybody knows she is. His wife? Paul Thomas Anderson. 
Oh, not necessarily. <laughs> not well, necessarily. What I'm saying is she's more famous than Yeah, but he even is. that, saying that, people will be like, I don't know who you're talking about. Even like, you said the lady who did a poo in a dress in Bridesmaids. Even that, not everyone's seen Bridesmaids. So <laughs> no, it's all relative to your life experience. All right, so um, as far as the movie goes, I enjoyed it, but it was definitely hampered by the fact that I knew some of it was phony. Yeah, exactly. Just, and I appreciate the honesty. I do. Yeah. By saying some of this is right up front. But it makes but, me super suspicious out of every scene. like Because um, it does seem <laughs> the words based on a true story, we all know what that means, but we're never quite clear. They kind of clear that up for you here. They're like, here's what it means. Yeah. yeah <laughs> some exactly. of these people are fictional and you're just going to have to live with it. And this is our version of the story. Whereas another filmmaker could make this same story... 100%. ...come across a completely different way. Using same source materials, in fact. I think that's the problem with the world. We just can't know. That's the problem. Unless you're one of the two people in that room. You don't know. And even then, our perception of a situation is never in sync with the other person's perception. (laughs) It's like, it is impossibility. Like, it's impossible. It's true. So don't we, give up. If somebody's giving you shit and they're exploiting you, do what you can to stay alive, be safe, but do what you can to, like, you know, change the world. <laughs> Ever so slightly, if you can. So the cast here is um, Charlize Theron plays Megan Kelly. She's really good. I like that accent she was doing. Mm-hmm. At first, I was like, what she, what she, I'm li- I've listened to her a lot. What? I think you'd have to watch The Real Lady to know if it's, yeah. what, how it's, where it stands. I don't know. Um. She has prosthetics. Surprisingly, I don't watch Fox News unless it's at my mother's house. I don't even watch it. It's just on. She um, has prosthetics on her face to make her look slightly different. It just makes her eyelids look different. I think she looks different, though. Slightly. And it's not the kind of different where I'm looking at her going, oh, what are these terrible makeup things? Yeah, what's wrong with her? No, no. No, it's more like, oh, is her makeup different or something? Like She looks different, but not fully different. I know who it is. But it's pretty... Well, I'll talk about it later, but there is some really impressive makeup in this movie. Only because you thought John Lithgow had gained 150 pounds. <laughs> yeah. To be um, honest, you're looking at him like, is that... Did he... Is he like uh, Christian Bale? I thought he's he just... just like obsessed with gaining weight or losing weight for his role, but nope, it's all prosthetic. It's a, it's a fat suit. Mm-hmm. But it's like the most... Imp- it's not it's Convincing. not Eddie Murphy in the Nutty Professor or whatever it Correct. was. The clumps. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. I was trying to think of a a a, a convincing, non convincing fat suit and that's the definitely. clumps is the one I'm You're thinking. You're right. It's not that. It's just like, wow. He really put on a lot of weight in his old age. And then you see an interview with him in the age. Oh, I was giving him credit for like buffing up for the role. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. well I was just thinking no, you said for his old age, like he's just got fat. <laughs> like last time I saw him was, um, oh, actually, last time I saw him was Pet Cemetery, which wasn't actually that long ago. So correct. Um, and he wasn't; he was regular in that, I guess. So Charlize, regular. Did you like Charlize Theron? <laughs> yes, I mean, I like every. I'm gonna say everything was fine. No, I didn't I mean, have. Yeah, a, we're going through the actors. I know, but I'm gonna say this about everybody. So I might as well just say it about everybody. Everybody did really. In the moment of certain scenes, everybody shined on different for different moments. Margot, Robbie, all of everybody did. I feel like I have the same. I don't know. Nobody stood out to me, and nobody was like mm, they were the weak spot. I thought everybody did good. 
I'm sure they'll really appreciate it when they listen to this. Like, oh, Sid Talk thinks we did good. Well, I think somebody, I think Charlize Theron stood out to me. She, she's like a... I mean, you just see her more. I think that's why. And she had a lot of heavy duty, like, the back and forth with Margot Robbie when she asked her, asked Roger. And then I liked the, like, where Margot Robbie was kind of like, well, this is my hero, but oh, now I'm a bit disappointed in her because she isn't really backing me up. Like, mm. I liked all that. You know what? Another thing good. I really liked in the movie was Roger Ailes' wife, how when he gets accused of it and he phones her and says, you've got to meet me like immediately. And then the way she looks at him when he's in the car is like, I can't believe it, but I kind of can. Like there's all that in her head. Oh, I think she doesn't believe any of it. Well, I thought she was like... Oh, no, no. Um, I think she's... Com- no, I think she's completely deluded. Well, then it's terrible because I got it completely wrong. No, I think it was really good because I was convinced she was completely deluded. <laughs> like, she was just like, oh, honey, what are they doing to you? Oh, this is so unfair. So That's there were some could. scenarios like that where there was... um, And, and the bit with Shelley's throat because she's like saying, have you been... And she's like, yeah, how do you know? And then... Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I I have as well. And she's like, why aren't you saying anything? I mean, that got a little preachy, I thought, personally. The dialogue there got a little heavy-handed, but I, I like the scene. Um, Nicole Kidman as Gretchen Carlson. Now, Nicole Kidman is another anchor lady, but she, then she she mostly disappears. She's the one that sues him. So she's the one that starts it all. She gets fired. And she's having a long, she's had a long history with him of this... And as you find out, has been recording conversations, they fire her, and now she has the opportunity, because they're all lawyers and professional people, these women and these men, and they understand, this is what I have to do to stop him. And so she gathered her own invite. So she's kind of, she's like the reason it's all happening, but you don't focus so much on her. No, it, it focuses least on her, I think. Mm-hmm. Because she's at home most of the time. I mean, you see her a lot. She's been fired, then she's at home, and then you see her on the phone a few times during the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like she had a pretty heavy presence. Then Margot Robbie, as we said earlier, is a fictional character, Kayla Pop... Pospisil? Don't know. Don't know how to say it. He said it, and I didn't catch what he said. Pospis- yeah, well, she's an amalgamation of these 23 women. Um, and she's like the one you're supposed to be with, right? Because she's more... I think they perceive that because they wrote it, but that's not... I didn't feel like she was the emotional center of the movie. I don't, you know said. the thing at the end where she throws, where she is walking away yeah. and she puts it... It's a bit heavy-handed. Oh, very. Yeah, I don't... Very. I won't perceive... And because I knew that she wasn't a real character, that part, I was like, oh, it's so fluffy and like... Yep, that's what I'm saying. It's a little know? bit like... Uh... Yeah, they, so these fictionally parts... They don't 100% work for me. I mean, you have to accept you're watching a movie, first of yeah. all. So, yeah, you got to get deal with that part and then accept that it's an idea. It's something to think about. You know, it's a conversation to have. And when you look at your nieces or your daughters or your granddaughters, do you want them to for it to be acceptable to go into a room with a man with, who has power over them, or it could be a woman, it could be anybody, to then do what 
is happening in this movie, basically. You know, sexual favors for promotions, and it is what it is, and just suck it up and be a big girl, and blah, blah, blah. Do you want that for any of anybody else not just for yourself or for your contemporaries but think about it right that's what this the idea for me is throughout yeah. the whole even through the me t me too movement all of those things the individual stories as tragic and sad as they can be i also don't know the truth of every story so i cannot judge either side of any story unless i know and i'll never know but the idea of it is that's what this movie does for me it's like yep i I'll think about it, and nope, I don't want my nieces, who are young women in prof- very professional jobs. One's a works in a lab, and one's a computer programmer. You know, those are those are industries that are very heavy with men and men in positions. And yeah, I don't want them to have to deal with that. I do um, really like Margot Robbie. The more I see her, uh, I Tonya was mm-hmm. one that really. I was oh like, yeah, you know, she um, she was really good. Yeah, she's just. I think she and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really liked how she played her mm-hmm. in there. Um, so yeah, I liked her in this too. There's nothing I've not liked her in yet. John Lithgow plays Roger Ailes. Um, I really like John Lithgow, and he often plays a, a a nice guy, right? I think well, except for that serial killer on Dexter. Yeah, and maybe the Spoiler. Pet Cemetery um, movie. Well, he was all right. He was kind of the nice guy, wasn't he? Well, he's just that crotchety old guy who told you yeah. what to do. Don't go in there, that guy. Don't, um, do, don't bring the dead cat back so to life. So I was like, how... Uh, yeah, obviously this Roger... I know the real story, and I know that he's up to no good, right? And I was like, how oh, can John Lithgow pull that off? But then people in this movie kept saying, oh, well, he's a nice guy, and people like him, and so he's got a bit of charisma as well as being sleazy, right? They don't, he doesn't really pull off any charisma for me in this movie at all. Not just because I know he's being sleazy, but, you know, I know how to observe a character who's puts off the alpha charm, you know, the Negan charm, where you know you have to hate him because he's an, an a mofo, right? He's horrible. But there's that swagger and there's that grin and there's that like, hey, and if someone didn't could could overlook the terrible things, they'd be swooning at his charm. This guy doesn't have that. Right. Not in any, he doesn't even show a lot of like actual support or like charm as in, you know, uplifting things. And then you turn to a scene where he's being sleazy. I didn't see any contrast at all. I, um, they mention it. Oh, did you know that he paid for this lady's medical care? And did you know that he kept this guy? Whatever. I mean, he did good things, but I didn't see any of that. They I just was suitably it. menaced during the. Oh, menaced is a scene. good word. Yeah. <sighs> that you know they don't really they don't go overboard glorifying the they don't like show you loads of sexual no stuff. I told you my concern over that scene but yeah I understand what you're saying yeah yeah you yeah you explain that it's actually interesting well there's a scene where he's saying to Margot Robbie you know let me just stand up and turn around for me which is what he apparently said to many of the women she stood up. In her, she has a nice little black dress on, and he's like, pull your skirt up. And she's like, uh, he's like, it's a visual medium, you know, get over it. They're going to want to look at you kind of thing. So she pulls it up about an inch, you know, to where a mini skirt would be. Because right now it's about three quarters to her knee. That's kind of the length of it. Then she pulls it up to the halfway mark. And then he's like a little bit more. And you're just like, uh, now if we could do this, and she does it really awkwardly and terribly, and she's realizing what's happening. 
if we just shown her from behind, right, where we can see that her hands are pulling it up far enough for him to see her underwear, and then he's also, he's making this sound like a guy with, like, he's about to ejaculate in his pants. He kind of like, yeah, it goes, He's like, uh, uh, you know, like that. You know what's going on. And then to to say, well, oh, guess what? We're going to have to show the camera pointing straight at her crotch and her at Margot's underwear to make this clear. I felt like that's kind of counter to what we're all trying to say here. So like that we don't have to show actual Margot Kitty's Kitter Margot Kitty's what's her name? Robbie. Margot Robbie's underwear you're saying, to understand. You're getting mixed up with <laughs> Nicole Kidman and Margot Kidder. No, I'm getting her mixed up with Margot Kidder. Yes, Superman's woman. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of a hodgepodge of all. <laughs> Nicole Kidman, Margot Kidder, Margot Robbie, blah blah blah. Okay. So to, to me, I was like, why why do I have to actually see her underwear? I get it. You can use visual tools. We're trying to the visual medium. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, but they make an effort throughout the entire movie to show no Sexual encounters tend to show no... No titillation. No say. titillation. Yeah. I mean, the women in the scenes that are doing getting ready to be on Fox News, they show them putting on their Spanx and their tight underwear and well, their tight dresses. Well, not in like dresses. a sexy way. More no, in like a, it's very utilitarian and you're kind yeah. of like, dang, why do you need that to tell me the news, man? Like you, I couldn't give a shit if you're wearing... Well, I won't say your sweatpants because I do like that the Weather Channel people dress up nice. I don't care what they're wearing, but they make an effort. British news people... Jesus, you'd think they were going to go play a baseball game afterwards. They're dressed in little hoodies and cute little casual shirts when they're telling the weather. It's ridiculous. I say dress for the occasion, right? Well, the way when you say <laughs> when you see the ladies putting the spanks and stuff on, it's almost like a scene of coal miners putting on their uh, uh, true. It is, but it's I mean, it's really unnecessary. They show the blisters on the feet. They show them putting in the chicken breasts, so we call them like the fake boobs and stuff under the dresses, which is completely unnecessary. Um, so we see all of that, but again, not in a sexual way, maybe because I wouldn't see that as sexual. Did you see that as sexual? No, I saw it as like, look how fake things are like in this. Right. And so we're making an effort, and then all of a sudden, we need to see Margot Robbie's crotch. And I was just like... Did anyone think this through when they were editing this? I mean, I wasn't offended or anything. I just thought it went counter to the point we're trying to make. But that's just my my own singular point of view, I'm sure. And we got um, another, uh, Alice and Janney. You like her. You know, when you said, I really like that actress. She plays Susan Estridge. I just wanted to yeah, put her in. Yeah, I like name. her. Um, Malcolm McDowell plays Rupert Murdoch. Um, he's not in it that much. I like Malcolm McDowell because I love Clockwork Orange. Yeah, but I mean, is he, you know... He was good when he was young. pretty neutral at this point. But when he was older, when he's older, he's kind of like Robert De Niro. He's just... does... I mean, this is a fine part, but it's brief. Yeah, brief. Is it just that they needed a really old-looking British guy? Old British guy, yeah. <laughs> They're like... Oh, they're looking through the books, you know, casting books. Old British guy. <laughs> oh, Malcolm McDowell, is he still alive? Uh, I hope that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then Kate McKinnon as Jessica, again, a fictional character. I like her. Yeah, I liked her in uh, Yesterday. Do you remember? Mm. She was the music manager who managed him. She was kind of great from America. She was really funny. Mm. You don't remember? No. You know what? Because that was yesterday and you don't remember <laughs> yesterday. It wasn't yesterday. You can't <laughs> fool me on that point. I know better than that. It was a while ago. 
So this movie is directed by Jay Roach. Oh, crap. Now I have that song in my head. Let me hand it off to everyone. Yesterday. Oh, we have to pay the Beatles if you No, that's that. all I'm singing. That's all I'm okay, singing. Okay, It's just the word was Sorry, a little... With a, <laughs> but get it in your head now so that I'm not alone. <laughs> so this is directed by Jay Roach. He directed the movie Trumbo, which was actually very, very good. It wasn't directed by a woman. Jay Roach. Oh, you said she. He. Oh, okay. Jay Roach directed the movie Trumbo, which was very good. Very good. Directed the movie, talking of Robert De Niro, Meet the Fockers, the Fockers movies. Well, there you go. And he also directed the Austin Powers movies, all of them. So, um... Interesting. Uh, That kind of tells you a little bit about our reaction to the editing, possibly. Yeah. Not that it's, it's not like comical or anything like that. It's just there's a, there's a, there's a, I don't know. Actually, uh, no. Not a very high level of... Piecing it all together. Now, I think back at Trumbo, it has a very similar style to this. Mm-hmm. The way it's... Yeah, it really does. Obviously, Austin Powers doesn't. Because <laughs> that's just wacky. But the direction in this, for me, is... It's fine, because it tells the story, and I'm not confused or anything, but... I don't know. I don't like the... There's definitely a... a like, a, what do you call it? Like a... Like a personality crisis. Like it, at the beginning, it's trying to be a thing. I agree. And then that thing just disappears completely, and you're like, okay, where do, where's all that style going from there? Even though I wasn't really into that style, but now it's not got any style. It's just straight up, like you know, what do you call it? Document doc docu. There's probably a name for it, right? I don't know. Doc. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. You know what I'm saying. Margot Kidder. <laughs> telling a true story. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> so uh, IMDb re- reviews. Yes, it- yeah, and yesterday was so amazing. Yesterday wasn't what he did. No, yesterday was the movie that Kate McKinnon was in. Right. <laughs> See, I'm forgetting what you said like five minutes ago. Yeah. You had, I got, like, it. You're, I got you're, it. You are like uh, Finding Dory. What? Who? So you don't remember that either. <laughs> so um, the after the show discussion was... <laughs> So, IMDb reviews, what are they? Uh, the reviews on IMDb. Well done. Is that correct? Uh, they're reviews that you find that are one star, and you yeah. make up a funny voice, and you read some of them. We don't, you know, we didn't think this movie was a one star, but we no. always like to see what the people who hate a movie think. But here's the thing. We agree with them and understand what they're saying if we dislike the movie, when we like the movie... It's like, oh, these people are idiots. Yeah. So um, what we've got here is uh, the one-star reviews. This one says, It's extremely telling that the thing I found most engrossing about the whole film was trying to decide whether Nicole Kidman's chin was a prosthetic or some monstrous plastic surgery procedure gone wrong. I'm still undecided about that, but I, I am sure that I will never watch this film again unless someone pays me $40 million to do so. Very specific amount. Very specific and really didn't get the point of the movie where we have also a lot of focus on the fact that throughout the day, a person in the positions they're in, when this one happens to focus on women with people in the workplace, and someone's constantly telling you, Nice dress. Hey, you look nice. Hey, nice shoes. Nice dress. You look pretty. Isn't she pretty? Doesn't she look nice? Doesn't she look pretty? And this person's commenting on her chin as if that's the 
<laughs> the right little distraction yeah. for the... Uh, this one says, I expected so much from this movie. Trump BS all around. Not worth spending any money. Trump BS. So is this a Trump I mean, this supporter? literally has like um, real footage of Trump. There's no fake Trump in this. Everything Trump says, he's actually said, right? Tweets. Correct. And, yeah. I mean, it's not yeah, hard so, to make Trump. I mean, it's kind of it's hard to make it up. This one says, a sow's ear from a silk purse. A sow's ear. Just because you throw some top-level actors into a film, in brackets, documentary, question mark. Documentary, my ass. About something so toxic and topical doesn't mean you end up with a great movie. Far from it. I do not disagree with that. And this guy says... That one I can get behind. I understand that point of view because it is true. Now, I happen to like this movie. I don't think it was a sow's ear. I mean... The situation's a bit of a sow's ear, and you're trying to make a silk purse out of it by making a nice shiny glossy movie. Okay, I get that loose analogy, but I understand what they're saying. Yeah, you can't make it a good movie just because you put famous people in it. This person says, if you want to waste your time, just pick your nose for an hour and a half. It's better than watching this garbage. Hmm, hour and a half is kind of a long time. You'd have a real clean nose. Mm -hmm, you'd have a really sore nose. <laughs> I mean, I'm analyzing this as a possibility for future movies that start to bore me. Would I then revert to nose-picking for the duration of the movie? Or would I just turn off the movie and do something else with my life? This person says... Probably not nose-picking. Did anyone see Charlize in this movie? Because I didn't. Usually a beauty. But here she didn't exist. Again. Let's sexist. just focus on... Well, it's not with sexist, but it's like... Oh, I don't get it. This guy says... We will revert to insulting people for what they look like. It's like you're five years old and nobody taught you any better. I don't get it. This guy says, I watched it fully. Complete garbage. Obviously <laughs> Donald Trump is demonetized and liberals are pure saints. Garbage. Uh, clearly. That's exactly the <laughs> point. <laughs> uh, what else we got? That's it, really. Um, I don't know about this one. This one says, "I don't know." I don't even know if I understand this one. <laughs> is it a different language that you this don't one speak? Says a clock on the wall is like a security blanket. Even better, why not carry a small picture, like a picture of Ripley Stein or Tom Cruise? Great. I don't understand that either. So interesting. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine. That might what be my favorite talking. review of this movie. <laughs> It's like, what are you talking about? I think David Lynch wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> and you love David Lynch. That is not an insult. That's true. That's high praise indeed right there. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea hmm, what that was. Did David Lynch write that movie? It's a little off track. Is the, is the one guy who does an IMDb review for a movie every time and just uses like random word generator in Google to do it? <laughs> I'm sure there's some point there. I don't know what it was. Interesting. The word Tom Cruise was stated yeah but tom cruise is associated with her so is that a is that a slam against i don't tom know tom cruise is associated with i think i've devoted enough time to this person's writing so we'll move on all right so thank you to uh, extras there are some extras actually mm -hmm. um there are there's a, there's a whole making of this um the genesis of the film a look at the cast Breaking the Fourth Wall, Visual Design, 
layer by layer makeup, hair and clothing, a unique skill set, looking at the director, and Catalyst for Change, The Parting Thoughts, and uh, a theatrical trailer. So there is a bunch of extras, none of which goes into the real story, though. It's not like you see Megyn Kelly talking about this story, or it's like, you know, it's about the film, not about the real thing. Um, so, a bunch of extras. Thanks to Lionsgate for letting us review the movie. Next week, we're looking at the Oscar winner. It won an Oscar, didn't it, for uh, Best Photography? And that is 1917 mm. by Sam Mendes. So we're going to look at that next week. Movie recommendations. I am going with two of the leading ladies of this movie. Mad Max Fury Road for Charlize Theron. And Wolf of Wall Street for Margot Robbie. Both yeah. excellent. But really liked her in that too. Two of my favorite movies of those years. In Correct. fact, Mad Max Fury Road was my favorite movie of that year. Mm. We disagreed on that one. So, yours are? my recommendations for 2020 are to highlight the amount of time that the cinematic in world has been alive. It's actually been longer than 100 years, but I'm going back to 1920 to find a movie and 1970 for a 50-year-old movie. So we got a 100-year-old and a 50-year-old. The first one from 1920 is called The Jackknife Man. And here's the synopsis. You got on my ass last week about not looking them up, so here you go. A lonely old riverboat man is left a child by a dying mother. The old man and the boy grow to love one another. The village snoop feels the child would be better off in an orphanage, and the sheriff is sent to try to take the child away. Snoop? It sounds very emotional. It sounds like a lot of old radio shows. 1920 makes perfect sense. Then the one from 1970, and I cannot account for any sensitivities, sensibilities, any offenses that any movies might make from the past because it's the past and they are what they are. So I'm not recommending it by saying everything that is in it is high quality and unoffensive. I do not know. This movie, when I read about it, you never know. It's like if someone were to watch um, Blazing Saddles now, right? You and I watched it when we were young. It's hilarious. It touches on the racism and... Um, all kinds of like biases and prejudices and stuff. I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable, but you laugh, you know, you're like, Oh my God, Oh my God. So that's where we identify with a movie that now, if you're someone young was watching it, you might be like, what is this? Have to explain it. I would see them over and over like a Mel Blanks or whatever that guy's name is. What's that guy's name? Who made Mel it? Brooks. Mel Brooks. <laughs> Slip my mind. As all things do. Um, <laughs> this is his thing and shtick and blah, blah, blah. But so the cockeyed cowboys of Calico County. I say that with such finesse. The cockeyed cowboys of Calico County coming to a theater near you is from 1970. And here is the synopsis. When the town's sole blacksmith vows to leave because he stood up by his mail order bride, the hmm. panicked town folks scrambled to find him a surrogate wife. Now, the thing about this movie is, it has well, it has Hoss from Bonanza. Everybody knows who Hoss is. It has Nanette Fabre, Jim Backus, um, Stubby K, Mickey Rooney. Like, there's some actually super famous people of their time. So I don't know how wacky and outrageous this is. It's 1970. Um, so, there you go. The Cockeyed Cowboys of Calico County. Might not be a perfect representation of the movies of 1970, but it exists, and there you go. 
All right, so Ace Gully stuff. Uh, this week, um, Call of Duty. You might have heard of that little game. Hey. Uh, yeah. For almost 20 years of my married life. Yeah, they decided to put out a new um, mode for their game. And what's cool about this is, it's the new Battle Royale mode. So Call of Duty now has a Battle Royale mode, which is the same as Fortnite or... Copycats. Is that what you're saying? They're copycats? Yeah, well, they need... Battle Royale's the hot thing, so Call of Duty decided to do one. Isn't Battle Royale been around for a very long time? It has. A couple of years, but it's still... No, no, no. Not a couple of years. Most games, that's actually a Battle Royale, like even Unreal Tournament, even Doom was a Battle Royale. They didn't have a Battle... No, Battle Royale refers to like over 100 players at once. I've heard of Battle Royale for a lot longer than just recently. Right. Well, not recently. A couple of years. Hmm. So... Call of Duty have made a Battle Royale. What's cool about it is it is absolutely free. You don't even need to own this year's Call of Duty. You can just download it on the consoles and... It's a trap. Um, <laughs> well, if you like cosmetics, it's a trap because you can buy loads of cool skins and stuff. But if you don't, you don't have to. And the whole game is free. You're not missing out on anything if you don't. You can play the whole game. Now, what's cool about this um, Battle Royale, and I've played most of them, is it actually pushes the genre forward in certain ways and in really cool ways. So one of the big complaints about Battle Royale games is, well, the, the idea of a Battle Royale game is they, you drop it out of a plane onto an island, a hundred people, you know, all real people from all parts of the world playing online, and the last person standing is the winner. And you can play it in teams as well, teams of four. Now, what this does differently is it's 150 people, the most people ever in a bottle royale, and and it actually works perfectly fine. I thought 150 might be too many people in a server, but no, it works cool. So it's 150 people to start with. You all drop into the island. It's the biggest battle royale map that exists. It is huge. Like It's astonishing, really, because you drop, and then you can go anywhere on the map, and it's huge. It's miles across. But it has that thing where there's a gas cloud around the island that kind of shrinks as the game progresses to funnel all the players into the middle of the island so that a big battle eventually takes place. So that's another thing that is new, um, that there's 150 people. But the big thing that's new, and a lot of people complain about Battle Royale games for this, is when you die in a normal Battle Royale game, you're dead and you just have to spectate the rest of the game, right? Because you're dead. So you can watch the game take place and just follow up maybe your friend or watch one of the other players. Well, in this game, they have this thing called the gulag. Do you know what a gulag is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well... It's like a prison. So when you get shot, you Work don't prison. die. You get dragged into the gulag, which is a prison, yeah. And you're not dead. You're in this prison and... What they do is all the people who die get sent to the prison. So you're in the prison. So say I end up in the prison and there's nobody else dead yet. I have to wait till another person comes. And then it's a one-on-one in this small map. And who wins the one-on-one gets to go back into the game and the other one gets completely taken out. You just stay there until you win or everybody just beats you. Right. So then you get out of the prison, which... 
and and get a second chance at the actual battle royale. So it's not as it's you know it's oh the game's over if you die generally in a battle royale and you're kind of like oh I have to go and find another game now. That's it. Especially if you were the first person to get killed, it's kind of irritating. So now there's this second chance thing, and there's also this third chance thing, where if you're playing in a team of four people, which is what I normally do, and then I die, and then I go to the gulag, and I lose, so I'm also dead there. If there's money in the map that you can find, in buildings and stuff, so the people who are left can wander around looking for money. If they get enough money, they can buy teammates back. So a really good team, it's worth you sticking around because they might just buy you back into the game. And then you get to come back into the game again. So They might buy you back or you have to buy your way back onto the team. No, they buy you back. Like So they're still in the map, you're dead. Oh, you're, as you're playing though, you're not... Okay, the dead person doesn't look for the money. No, you're, okay. just, you're just doing nothing, waiting. You're watching your team play. And then you'll you'll sit. You can press a button to say, "Will you buy me back?" Oh, got it. And then the people in the game will go to a buy station and use the in-game money that they've got, which is just money. Ooh, that they... imagine the rejection! Yeah, when everybody says no. Well, I've been bought back in <laughs> each time. Yeah, because you're good at it, though. Imagine if you weren't. Yeah, if you've got a really shitty player, you're like, "Nah, we're not buying him." Yeah, but imagine you're like the last person picked on our team. Yeah, no one will buy you back. That's so sad. But I've never seen these uh, mechanics, and they're all like fresh and new. It's really cool, actually. And like I say, it's totally free. It's on all platforms. All platforms play against each other. So if you're on the PC and your friends are on the PlayStation, you can just call them up on your friends list and you play with each other. There's no... I said to you, it's not like the old days where it's like, oh, PlayStation's better because it's got this. And mm. No, it's on, all, it's on all of the things. Like, it's on... It's on all the things. Well, it's, on, it's actually on the Xbox, the PlayStation, and the PC, and it's cross-play between them. So, you know, there's none of that. Well, I've got a friend who'd like to play Call of Duty with me, but he's only got an Xbox and I don't have one, so I can't play with him. I love that, that you can do that. Like, I have a friend, Squiddy. He has an Xbox. I play on the PC. And there's a lot of times where he says, are you playing such a thing? And I go, yeah. And he'll go, so am I. Do you want to play? And I'll be like, well, I'm on PC. What are you on? And he's like, oh, I'm just on Xbox. So we can't play. But with this, you can play. And you don't have to pay for it either, so... I like it. It's very, very cool. I can tell. You're Call very excited. Call of Duty Warzone, it's called. Um, and it's you can just download it. It's free. The other thing I wanted to mention is there's some really awesome TV at the moment. And I just wanted to highlight some of it. The Outsider right. that we just watched. It's over. It is over. But how good was it? Very good. It's a HBO show. We know it's over. But now you can go and watch all 10 episodes on HBO. In fact, maybe even I won't say it's perfect or anything, because I'm not 100% on board with the full resolution, but I get it, and it fits the whole show, so I wasn't... Yeah, based on the Stephen I wasn't fully satisfied, but I feel like the characters and the story was satisfied, so that's what matters. Yeah, I really... I enjoyed it a lot. I I think it was, like I said to you, if you like True Detective, that kind of grim... True Detective is another show people might not have heard of. Is another awesome show. Not like True Detective, the comic... No. But, um, Detective the Shoe. The Outsider is based on a Stephen King show, uh, novel. It was really, it's 10 episodes, you can watch it all now. Uh, Be- Better Call Saul. 
What about that one? Always good. Always good. Every single... And I'm not a Breaking Bad person. I never really watched it. I think I watched maybe the last couple of seasons with you, but I don't even remember. Well, what happens is... I kind of popped in and out as you were watching it, yeah. so... um but this, and I was like, really? They're going to make a thing of that? Because I wasn't even that into it. Well, and uh, I love this show. Better Call Saul's the, a prequel to Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if people don't know. True. true. Yeah. I not know that detail. Yeah. But it's really good. It's it just is, quality. It's like every week it's Quality performances, quality story, quirky and interesting. And just great acting. Jimmy, Jimmy what's his name, is just, he's a great character. Yep. And Kim Wexler is probably the best Oh, yeah. Character. She's one of the best TV characters, I think, ever. I like her. Um, so, yeah. Better Call Saul. That's on AMC. It's airing at the moment. Um, here's one that we're, like, weird on. The Walking Dead. Sometimes you're... You say weird. Why? Because what I... What did I say last night before it started? Well, I, well I'll explain my um, thing on Walking Dead. We can't Dead. say anything about it, though. That's not fair. No, I won't. I enjoy Walking Dead week to week. And we watch all of Walking Dead. We watch Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead, right? And you read the comic and I don't. Right. Um, and what I can say about the show is I sometimes I enjoy it and sometimes it's really dull. And then, uh, then I'll enjoy it again and then it's a bit dull. You know, it's, it's, it's inconsistent, right? Yeah, it's a very bad storytelling. It's kind but of then sometimes it's very on. good. Sto- like it's, it can change week to week. Um, it's still not good storytelling, but there are things that they do that I'm like, okay, okay. Anyway, um, I'm still, I mean, I'm a zombie file. Is that what you call someone who loves anything zombie related? So I'm on board anyway. I just feel like it's run its course and, um, it's like, and I, I know it's been said about it before. It's like a soap opera with zombies. Like it's all about the people and the relationships and the choices they're making. And I couldn't give a shit. I only want to care about the world. Post zombie apocalypse. I want to know about the cities and the cures and the people who are immune to it and the different kinds of zombies. There have to be more than one. And this show doesn't do any of that. But we got to see this week's episode slightly earlier, and I think you really enjoyed last night's episode. Mm hmm. Uh, this week's episode. Oh, well, don't say anything. I'm not saying anything, but it was very Sometimes good. Sometimes you say things that are In you fact, think last is Last week's nothing. episode was very good too. It was all right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's in, the show is very inconsistent. Sometimes I prefer Fear the Walking Dead, but then sometimes... I think they're kind of the same now to me, so... Hmm. Because they're, they've leveled off in terms of actual storytelling. They're not digging any deeper. They're just moving around, telling the same story. This time we're up again one big thing. We're all going to have to come together and resolve this thing. Oh, look, we resolved this thing, and we turn around... <gasps> And there's another thing. Spoilers. <laughs> there's always a thing, though. That's the thing. That's the thing. Um, and then last on the TV, uh, tomorrow night is season three of Westworld. Mm. We don't know if that's good yet. We haven't seen it. Uh, I, I'm just Westworld in general. <laughs> the movies, even. I'm into Westworld. You are, but that doesn't mean it's going to be good. So, so we season just... season three of uh, season one and two are great. You know what I'm going to do uh, before we watch season three tomorrow night. I'm going to pull up a YouTube video for us both to watch with the recap. of. Okay. I saw one that was like recapping all of Westworld in five minutes, like both seasons. So you can just blitz that through and then go, oh, okay. Because it's been a while, hasn't it, since it was on. True. And you know my brain. 
Yeah, well, it's you, not gonna hold you on don't to even stuff. know what it was called. You forgot. <laughs> West what? You're like, Westworld? Is that the one with Gene Belcher? Mm-hmm. Is that? All right, so. I know uh, that's not true. You ask me about Bob's Burgers, I'll tell you anything you want to know. All right. Who, Almost. Who directed episode four, season that's, one? Yeah, see, that's the kind of shit that I ask on Mastermind, which is the British <laughs> show we watch. And I say, if I had a topic on Mastermind. It would have to be Bob's Burgers or maybe art, art history. I did go to college for that, but there's no there's no telling how buried how deeply that's buried in my brain at this point. If you were to say to me, you know, what year did Picasso paint the whatever, I'd be like, I don't even know when he was alive. But for Bob's Burgers, there's a high likelihood, unless you ask me shit like that. See, mastermind's tricky. They're tricky fuckers. You th- you say my. If you don't know what it is, it's a quiz show in England. It's like the highbrow one. Apparently, it's got a host. You get two and a half minutes with a specialized subject. So you would pick, for example, Happy Mondays, one of your favorite bands. Or you would pick the American Revolution. Or you would pick the American Revolution between this year and that year. Or you would pick St. Francis Cathedral from the time it was built until... You know, you pick a thing. And you probably think the people are pretty smug. They think, yeah, I got it. (laughs) I know all the stuff about my thing. And then they ask you some fucking question like that. Like, okay, I know Bob's Burgers, which means I know from watching it, right? I know all the stuff. I know the characters and what they do and all the funny jokes for the most part. But then they'd ask you, like, in episode two of season four, so-and-so's voice was for the blah, blah, blah. Now, her sister was the prime minister of a country in South Africa, (laughs) What was her name? <laughs> and you're like, what? What? What's that got to do with Bob's Burgers? True. Just ask me what outfit does Bob, does Jean wear to go outside with the megaphone? I know that answer. But it's a fun show. If you get a chance to watch Mastermind, it, I say it's fun. How would you describe it? <laughs> um, I just, I feel if I get like more than three or four questions right, I feel like very clever. <laughs> <laughs> and then we watch University Challenge Clips. Through Gogglebox, which is another British show. That's all we see is like two-minute clips. Oh, my God. You you seriously feel like I know nothing. I know nothing about the world except Britney Spears exists. Like, that's the dumbest thing I could think of. Not that she's dumb, but that's the most superficial thing. Those questions on University Challenge are like... insanely complicated so yeah you can feel you can feel really good about yourself you just get one question but the question might be like you know most chefs season their food with what two spices salt and yeah (laughs) you get that right and you're like yeah (laughs) i I got it and then the next one's like who is the fourth emperor of the third thing of the british empire when the so-and-so vikings took over and you're like oh oh yeah there's more stuff in the world that i don't know I want to um, also throw another show into the uh, shows to note, and that's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh my goodness, you love him so much. This week, the one with John Hamm. It was really good. Um, John Hamm is um, shadowing Larry David to do a, like, what is it, a play or a TV show? What? I think they're making it, mm, I can't remember well, now. He, he's going to be a character that's similar to Larry David in something, so he's shadowing him. And then also kind of impersonating. And him you love bit. Mad Men, so you like John yeah, Hamm. It was really funny. <laughs> I could. I, I, it's been really excellent this year. Um, Curb. I just love Larry David. Don't don't just call it Curb. Okay. I love Larry David. Use your words. I love uh, Curb. Your enthusiasm. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not of the abbreviated generation. I love 
um, Leon uh, from Curb He's your favorite. You um, like anyone who's just overtly offensive for JB no reason? JB Smoove is yeah. the comedian who plays it. <laughs> now that he's offensive from what he says, he's just, he's abrasive. Yeah, he's very It funny. is funny. Every, everything that comes out of his mouth makes me laugh. It's it just occurred to me. If this was the first time someone was listening to this podcast, right? Yes. So first we're talking about the thing, and then we're talking about the movie, and then we talk about your games, and now we're talking about this. And in a minute, I'm going to tell you what we're going to eat, and then I'm going to give you some advice. It's like, <laughs> you don't understand the format of the show. So do you think we should explain the format every week? Well, not every week. I'm just, I was just thinking about that. Like we, you know, if, cause I listen to podcasts, they're pretty formatted, but yeah, once I get to know the people, I understand. But if you listen to it the first time, you're like, this is a gardening show. Why are they talking about pantyhose? You know, like, <laughs> so we have a format. We do the movie. We do some chit chat. In a minute, I'm going to tell you what we eat because we're vegetarian and we're not starving. We're not animal rights activists. We just eat stuff that's not animals anymore. No big deal. Um, We do movie recommendations. Do movie recommendations. We like to watch a movie every week anyway as a married couple. If you didn't know by now, we're married to each other. And then we talk about it. We always have. And then we start recording it. And then this is it. This is that's it is what it is. (laughs) So what we're having for supper is. Impossible Whopper. And then we t- I talk about um, video games and... Oh, I also should mention this. Uh, oh, there's I- more. I'm-, I'm still in my section. E3 is cancelled this year. Yeah. My favorite time of the year, June. When if you're, E3. Yeah, if you're listening to this show many years in the future, this is 2020. There's a coronavirus situation where lots of public things are being closed down to avoid... People having close proximity with one another just to slow down and get rid of the spread of it. It is not an overtly deadly disease, but it does kill some people. Correct. And E3... You can look it up. If it's 2030 and you're you're like, what? I've never even heard of this. If never it's told 2030 me about this and we're all dead, everybody. <laughs> like no one world. will be dead. You're listening to it. So you might be like, I've never even heard of this. You can look it up. Coronavirus or COVID-19. So they'll go look it up on the internet. I'm sure it still exists. Maybe it's in your virtual reality head. You can just think it and then boom. They might be up to like COVD 3000. That's true. Something. You're right. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. E3, your, your precious gaming Electronic console. Electronic Gaming Expo. Expo, yeah. Has been cancelled this year. Um, like a lot of things have been cancelled actually. Mm-hmm. Um, My nephew is in graduate school in Illinois and all... In-person classes are canceled for the foreseeable future, as is University of Missouri-Columbia, which is a huge campus, 30,000 people. No more face-to-face classes for the foreseeable future. And yesterday, the whole of Los Angeles school system was Mm -hmm. closed for two weeks, which is huge also. It's all huge. It's all very big. It's a very big deal. So we'll see how it pans out. You are listening to this 10 to 30, 40, 50 years in the future. You know how it ends. Will MP3 survive the... Can you, if you could text me real quick and shoot me back a text back in time, I, I'll give you my phone number. Um, and you can tell me what happens. Because I'm sure. curious. I don't want anyone to die or be sick, but I'm just really curious how it's all going to pan out. Well, the human race will Most either get it. smashed by some asteroid that hits Earth and mm-hmm. kills everybody, or a virus will wipe us out. I'm convinced it's one of Are those Are those the only two choices? Well, I feel like to get rid of everybody... Even multiple choice questions on tests have more than two questions. To get rid of everybody, those two things seem to be like a, the things that are most I don't likely. I think you can get rid of everybody, but again... I think you can. 
I don't know. Well, if they, yeah, or like a massive freeze out. I'm like, not a scientist. I think people, some people would survive. No, like We're a massive clever. freeze out, like frost punk. I understand you might die because you're not that resourceful, but there are people in the world who are. No, I think <laughs> that those are the, a virus would be the biggest, the easiest one, I think. Like space flu. Like some asteroid hits Earth, it's got some weird strand of something that's impossible for us to survive. And then is it a movie that you've seen? And then we slowly just it just goes and just wipes us off. Okay, okay. So is that what your bid for the future? Is that you're throwing that out in the pot? Yeah, the betting pot. <laughs> yep. Okay, the odds on that one are pretty slim, but we'll put it out there. True. And the odds of a big massive rock hitting <laughs> us are slim, but it could happen. It, hmm. It's happened before, just not in the last billion or so years. So on to the next subject. I've told you what we're eating, Impossible Whopper, because we like junk food and we're vegetarians. So there you go. My advice is, I forget. <laughs> it's don't give up, seedling story. <laughs> yeah, I like to Spoilers. do dabble in gardening. I'm not a professional by any sense. I've only tried for like five years. Last year was my most successful tomato year. Would you agree? Yes. We had tomatoes we had all summer of different kinds, which was awesome, and some herbs and lots of flowers. And I just have a little raised bed and a bunch of pots and buckets and things like that. I start the seeds in the house, and um, I've never had a problem with seeds starting. This week, I put trays on heat mats, which I've never used, and covered them. They got hot, then they got cold, and then the seedlings all went like, because it's keeled over. Right. Weren't even being born, hardly. And I was like, what the fuck? So I did a little research and I diagnosed my problem as what's called dampening off. I'm sure people are riveted by this. Sounds we go like, from video so, gaming sounds like to some gardening. horrible uh, it does. disease. <laughs> and it is what it says. You know, it's too much moisture. There's a little fungus that grows. It gets into your little seedling stem and it gobbles it up and then that's it. They're dead. So, you know, it's very easy. I'm not a patient person. I'm sure you can attest to this. You've been married to me for 20 years. Patience is not my virtue. I'm working on it. Gardening teaches you this. So I could have just said, fuck it. I've got like two other little tiny trays where the tomatoes were growing. They're growing okay because they're not part of the same tray. So uh, I'll just have three tomatoes instead of 70. I have 70 seedlings that all crapped out. Or I can look it up. Figure out what I did wrong. Check my timing. Is it still, do I still have time? Because we're in the Midwest, so they would grow for a few more weeks until it's warm enough to put them outside. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to change it. I'm going to do it again. I'm not going to give up just because it didn't work. And it doesn't feel like a failure. It just feels like, oh, that happens. <laughs> now I know some tricks of all different from all different sources of how to avoid it, if possible. And I'm going to try again. So I bought a new tray and I got some new dirt. I call it dirt. I know some people don't, but I'm from a rural area. It's all dirt. Um, soil. Got some. Well, it's it technically isn't dirt or soil. It's starting medium. So that's a whole other podcast. But um, <laughs> so I am starting that. And then when I go to get me some gardening stuff, of course, I can't not buy more seeds. I have a spreadsheet with almost 210 different kinds of seeds that I now possess. And in these new ones that I bought, because they're cheap, you know, why not? The name, you know, you should start gardening just because the names of stuff. Here, just off the top of these packets. Candy, Victoria, Tender Green, 
white bishop's lace and lacy perfume. Do you even know what those things are? No. There's rhubarb and onions and mustard, mustard greens, butterfly flowers, you know, like big flowers that have great big tops that butterflies love. I just think it's it's a fascinating world. And so don't give up. If you're starting a thing, I started photography a while back, and there are times when I take a bunch of pictures and they're all really shitty, and I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get what I'm doing wrong. And I'm, ugh. But take some more pictures, right? I, uh, I killed some seedlings. Don't give up. Do some more. Don't feel good today. Don't give up. You'll feel better tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, just don't give up on stuff. Or yeah. yourself. It's not really new advice. Kate Bush uh, famously said, don't give up. (laughs) Who? Kate Bush. I know who. I'm just saying. Will other people know? Yes. She's very famous. Up that hill. Isn't that Kate Bush? Running up that hill. Running up that hill. And babushka, 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 yeah, yeah. You have to be a certain age to know who she is, I guess. I bet not even everyone our age knows who she is. (laughs) Well, unfortunate for them. I like She's great. Yeah, she's awesome. All right. So, um, is that your stuff? That's it. We've done a lot today. All right. So, you can find this website on ascully.com. You can find us Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Oh, yeah. I do lots of Instagram pictures of gardening if you're interested. You can find the podcast on Google Play, iTunes Music Store, RSS Feed, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Smart Speakers. Just say, listen to the After the Show Movie podcast on TuneIn. It will play it for you. Email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyacom Don't email Sid Talk. And stay classy and wash your hands. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. 